Welcome to the Asking for a Friend podcast series. This podcast goes along with a series of messages that Pastor Alex is doing, where we are tackling some of the big questions that we all have. We may not have all the answers, but we are committed to walking with one another through the uncertainties of life. Let's get into the conversation. How's it going? Good. Guess we're all right? Yeah. yeah. Thanks for uh, joining me for another one of um, our podcast episodes uh, that goes along with the series, Asking for a Friend, Asking for a Friend. So we have a few questions. Um, and I figure let's just start with uh, maybe some of the ones that are not so intense, and then we'll, we'll get a little bit more intense, okay? Um, the first question that I want to ask you guys is, it has to do with, um, I think, one of the biggest hurdles that people face uh, before stepping into a church. Uh, the word hypocrite comes to mind. Here, here's, a, here's a question. Why would I want to go to a church full of hypocrites who look down on me for my sins, all the while doing the same or worse? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a, it's a phenomenal question. And uh, what would you say to somebody who is struggling because, um, you know, they know the, the junk that's, that's happened and maybe... They've been hurt in church before, and uh, and they've they're um, they've lost hope. Uh, they don't really feel like the church works anymore. Uh, organized religion is no good. Uh, why would I want to go to a church where they're just going to judge me when they themselves do the same kind of things? Mm-hmm. So who wants to go first? <laughs> go for sure. it. Sure, let's go do for, it. Go for <laughs> it. Uh, I, I guess my first thought on that is, I. And this is even one of the things that I try to do because that's that's a question I ask regularly. Like every time I walk into a church, I'm I'm, I'm there's always that hesitancy. I'm like, man, what's somebody gonna think? What's somebody gonna say? Someone who may know my story, know different parts of my past, like that's heavy. And the first thing that I have to do is look in a mirror. You know, before I begin to say, hey, what anybody else thinks of me? What you think of me? What do I think of myself? What am I currently living? Am I being a hypocrite? Um, and even beyond that, like, who am I pursuing? And if I'm pursuing Jesus, if I'm trying to be more like Jesus, then what somebody else has to say becomes irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still hard. It doesn't make it less hard. Like, it, it, sometimes it's hard to walk into a place and be like, man, I'm being judged for. I mean, I, one, of my, one of my best friends, he said, man, I walked into a church every single time. I'm the biggest guy there, and I'm full of tattoos, and everyone looks at me like I am the worst guy in the world. Mm-hmm. And he's got one of the biggest hearts I know. Um, and so it's 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 being confident that you are a child of God, and mm-hmm. doing your best to find a church where you're loved, regardless of all of, that, all of the junk in, in your past, and can do the same for others. Vivian, yeah, um, I think that's a really good. <laughs> it's a good starting point to say like, if if other people are judging you, then their their priorities probably aren't super. <laughs> their their priorities aren't straight. Off. Yeah. yeah, they're they're a little off. So realizing one that Jesus is Jesus is not condemning you. So hmm. you know nobody else has a leg to stand on. Um, and I would also say if you're at a place where people are judging you pretty severely, then maybe that's not a great place to be. Right. I mean, hmm. um, there's a. There's a church for everybody, right? right? We always say that we're not in competition with other churches. Um, it's you know we're all on the same team. So if something doesn't fit, then you know it's okay to try. It's, other it's okay churches. to try other churches. It's okay to look for for that community and just recognize that Jesus is not condemning you. So no one else has. has so so what do you tell somebody that uh, maybe is not even a believer? You know, so you you um, you're looking at it from the perspective of a Christian. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, but what if somebody's listening to this? They have questions, or you know, maybe they they showed up, maybe they they came across a podcast, um, and they're um, yeah, they're they're not really a Jesus follower. Um, maybe they're on the fence, but you know, they've seen what churches have done in the past, mm-hmm. uh, or even pastors have done. Uh, what do you tell somebody who's not a believer? I think one of the best examples I have is our conversation, what, six months after I started going here? And you may say, no, that's probably more for a believer. I don't think it is. I think it's for anybody. Um, but you'd ask me to be a greeter. 
And I looked at you and I said, what happens? Because I was pretty hurt at that point in my life. What happens if somebody walks up to the church, sees me greeting, and turns and walks away? I'm like, that would crush me because I'm being judged by the Christian walking up or whatever. And you said, if that's, if that's their reaction, then this isn't the church for them. Yeah. And I, I think that's the starting point for the non-believer is, hey, find the place where you are loved, where you are met. Because I think they exist. I think it exists here. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of where you fall on the, on the spectrum of being a full-on Jesus follower to being a full-on, I want nothing to do with them. Find the place where you are loved and met right where you are and find people to walk alongside you. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I would say there are, whether you're a Christian or not, it just as far as people goes, like there there are judgmental people and then there are non-judgmental people, whether you're a Christian or not. Mm-hmm. And so the, those communities do exist. And I would just say, you know, s- seek that out. If that's something that people are looking for, if they're wanting community, even if they're not, a believer you know it it does exist it can sometimes it can be hard to find and I would often say that those communities that are more judgmental those are the louder ones (laughs) typically or those are the ones that get the most airtime you know you always you say this you know I want to be known for what I'm for not for what I'm against Mm -hmm. and a lot of times that negative what I'm against that that's what ends up being really loud so let's let's get let's get real Okay. okay Um, do you think that there is such a thing as a church where that does not judge? Let me, let me even actually dive in, dive into this a little bit, even a little bit deeper. Is there a human being that does not judge? Like if I, if I'm like, 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 let's be super vulnerable. Let's just say that nobody's listening to this. It's just the three of us talking and I'm just challenging your thought process. Um, uh, and I know my thoughts, so I'll, t- I'll be the first one to tell it. I judge constantly, you yeah. know, so it's a fight that I have to, yeah. you know. But is there such a thing as a church that doesn't judge? Is there such a mm-hmm. thing as a person that doesn't judge? Or or what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Shane? <laughs> well, I don't judge, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got this figured out. Okay, fine. No, um, I would say I'm my natural tendency is to be judgmental because you don't know, you only know what's in your own brain and your own thoughts, right? So you see somebody do something that you wouldn't do and you're like, what are you doing? That's yeah. crazy. That's don't, don't be stupid. Like, right, right. you know, it's very, very easy to be judgmental. Um, I think it's what you do with it. Right. And mm. do other people know that you're being judgmental and are you giving that to Jesus? And are you saying like, okay, I may not agree with this. I may not understand, but I'm still going to love you anyways. Like, it's kind of what you do with it. I don't know. That's my... No, no, that's good. That's <laughs> good. Yeah. Um, you say you don't judge, Shane. That but, was the but, joke. But I know you, and that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's... that's um, uh, I know I know, uh, I know. you, you know, judge you religious know. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> Never. Um, no, absolutely. That was a joke. That was definitely said in jest. I definitely judge... Uh, is there a person or a church or an organization that doesn't judge? No, I mean, absolutely not. I think there's, there's definitely a fine line even too as an individual between being discerning and being judgmental. Um, uh, so I guess my two thoughts would be one, it goes back to what I started it with is, uh, well, I guess it, they both go hand in hand, but one is look in the mirror let's let's evaluate myself first mm-hmm. if i have a genuine understanding of who i am it's a whole lot easier to come to a table humbly with humility um and then the other thing i would say goes back to the verse that is taken out of context every time i ever hear it which is don't judge that's what the bible says right don't don't judge and the bible doesn't say don't judge by itself the bible says don't judge lest ye be judged mm-hmm. That's that great King James oh, right wow. there. Did you see that come out? Look at me. <laughs> I'm about to judge you. Uh, there you go. No, but, but then that passage, I, I couldn't even tell you where it's at, but that passage goes on to say, it's, it's the same passage that talks about the speck in the log, where it says, before you worry about that log in your brother's eye, take care of your speck in your own eye. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the more we can really and truly be honest with, the, with ourselves about where we are and who we are, That's good. it's way easier not to judge somebody else and, and even beyond not judging like even internally it's hard it's if, if i have a true understanding of who i am mm-hmm. i'm going to come like i said i'm going to come to the table a whole lot more humbly 
Um, and I can be like, you know, I'm, I know where I am. So even though I don't necessarily have the same issue that Vivian has, my issues are far worse. <laughs> right. so. Yeah, self-awareness. I think yeah. that that is That's a good word, yeah. key in a Christian's walk in every aspect of life is mm-hmm. self-awareness. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge. Um, for me, when I find myself um, judging someone, I try to go back to a place where I know I've messed up and where I, God has shown me grace. Mm. And I think um, we're, it's not that we're not um, supposed to judge, is that we're supposed, we're not, like, and, and what do you mean by judge, right? So when, when, when I use that word, well, are you, are you the, the prosecuting attorney? Are you the, the jury? And are you the judge with the final sentencing? Mm-hmm. Well, the answer is no. And, and so, uh, but I think there's a difference between discerning and actually judging. Now, I, I do believe that, um, in uh, in all kinds of circles, wherever it's whether it's a church, a business world, um, people will look at you and they will determine they will immediately put you in a category in a box. And so I'm not really sure that you can get away from from um, not being judged in every shape, in every circumstance, in every community. Um, but I think that we, what you can do is be a part of a community that at least tries, mm-hmm. and you know, and they're. Their, their, their culture has been taught um, to, um, to be, like you said, self-aware that, hey, um, you know, like one of the things we say at the church is no perfect people allowed, right? Like, and, and I feel like I, I can say that because, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect, you know, and I need God, lots of God's grace in my mm-hmm. life. And, um, and so, uh, you know, are, are, is there ever a time where it's, it's okay to judge? I mean, I maybe, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion. I think so. Um, I wish I could remember the reference, um, but I I do think that there's a place for it. I think um, there's a passage that's in my brain that's basically saying that we are allowed to judge and critique within our own circles of Christians. You know, we're, we hold each other accountable to a high to to what we believe to be a high standard of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so, when there's people within our own circles that are not um, portraying Jesus accurately or misrepresenting Jesus or are not leading, you know, properly, or you know, we we hold our our pastors and leaders accountable. We need to, and we see that a lot of times where people where we don't sometimes and. Um, I don't. I don't think that we're we're called to judge the the world, the our outside world. I think rightly we can judge within our own um, circles and hope, and not with not with the spirit of condemnation, not with the spirit of um, you know you know nasty tearing each other down, but just with loving critiques to say, hey, let's redirect towards. Our prime example of Jesus. What are, what are some ways that people are judged in church? Well, I want to, uh, can we back up? No, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do think, I think there's a couple places where I just kind of want to... Yeah, go for it. Maybe, maybe not a question, but just to clarify. Yeah. I think there are some places in the world that we have to judge. But I think mm-hmm. defining what judge means, yeah. it, it really is, hey, here's a standard. And here's and here if you're on this side of the standard versus this side and all of those things and I think I think one of those places as a dad is if, if I'm going to do my best I'm going to judge if you will my children and keep them separated from someone who may be on yeah you don't like you take your kids to a birthday party and you know uh, let, let's say they're you know she's a five year old six year old and you. Uh, you take her there, uh, or even you know, let's say ten year old. I think that that will fit the analogy a little bit better. Um, and you know, if it's it's if it's an environment that's not good, you know, uh, you're gonna oh, you want to judge that, you know, or dropping well, them off at you know, daycare or something like that. Um, and that's why I said defining the word judge, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's not only are you putting the person on trial, not only are you the like the prosecuting attorney, not only are you the 
the jury, but you're also the judge and you give the final sentence. And I think that's up to God. I don't think that we ever give a sentence. I, I don't, regardless, uh, we not don't an say. Eternal sentence for we, sure. And maybe, there may be a eternal. temporary sentence that I give here on earth. Well, no, you can remove yourself yeah. from, from, from the equation, but I don't think that it's up to us to say, uh, this is a penalty that I think you need to pay for your sins. I don't. Yeah. I, I just don't think that. I don't see that in the Bible. I think that there is a lot of discernment, where where um, where you see. Uh, I mean, if it's if it's blatant sin and it's hurting other people, you want to keep people's. I mean, if it's a, within the context of a church, you want to keep things safe. Um, but I don't see, from my, in my opinion, I don't see where it's our job. To, to give the final sentence in to somebody, you know. Yeah, I think um, this is where... I think the know, government can do that. Um, but I don't know, just a yeah, thought. No, I th- well, I think what you're... Maybe I'm off. I don't what know. you're differentiating between is, like, I think I would call what you're talking about discernment. Like, discerning what is a wise situation and yeah. what is smart and what is... But, like, I would say, like, okay, I'm not going to hold the world, as it were, to this you know the same the same standard that I hold other believers to or um even like judging people for their past or for their you know for their mistakes and stuff mm-hmm. like that I, there's, well, there's well, I think that's the difference between the eternal consequence and the eternal sentence which is you know it is not for me to say whether or not you are going to heaven that is only for God to do however on a temporary sentence, like take take for instance, a, a, an individual has um, has has uh, been guilty of of financial crimes, white collar crimes, if you will. Their temporary sentence that I would put on is I'm not going to hire them to be a bank teller. Um, but yeah. that doesn't mean my sentence is that I'm not going to interact. I mean, I'm still going to love them. I'm still going to meet them where they are. But I think we have to put. I mean, this, it's a conversation that I feel like goes real, real deep, real fast. When it comes to legalities, and some, there are some things in our past that keep us from doing things in our present and in the future here on earth that somebody is sentencing. But it all comes down to what that standard is. And so without even going down that road, to go back to the other thing that you mentioned was amongst believers, there's a judgment that we have to have toward our pastors or our leaders in the church. Like, yeah, there's a set standard in the Bible, yet again, there's a difference between the set standard of here's the qualifications to be a pastor and the standard of here's the qualifications to be a believer. Um, and so it, it, you have to differentiate where's their standard and where's their not. Mm-hmm. Where's their standard that I have to work with and where's their standard that, I, that that's up to God? Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. It just reminds me of uh, back in the day, you know, like if you had a tattoo, oh, that was like, that's a big no-no. Not you know? not coming at all. <laughs> you know? um, and, and you would be judged. You walk yeah, into church. And, and I think it even happens today. In, I mean, East For Texas, sure. I've heard it. I've heard people who have told me, look, you know, my arms, you know, all covered. And um, I'm just wondering how people are going to look. It's the look, right? It's the, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, you know, you're not one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that you can find anywhere in the Bible where that's, that, where that's a sin per Mm -hmm. se. And yet culturally it has been, uh, for many years, something that, you know, uh, it's a, it's like, it's a big no, no, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, okay, good. That's a good, anything else by judging? I think it's a hard question. It Um, is, yeah. You know, like the the question to, to go back, if you just... Um, why would I want to go to a church full of hypocrites who look down on me <laughs> That's where we started. for my sins all the while doing the same or worse? And I would say, you, you want to answer that? Or? Well, I, the, the thing that I would reiterate and the thing above anything else is that if you are someone who has a past, wait, we all do. Hmm. Right. But if you're someone who, like, who struggles from time to time of just even with people judging you or even the feeling that your self-esteem is lower because of it, I'll just take you back to Romans 8.1. There is now, therefore, no now condemnation. no condemnation. If you're in Christ, period. 
No condemnation. Yeah. There's nothing that a pastor can do. There's nothing that the deacon can do. There's right. nothing that anyone can do that can separate you from the love of Christ. And because of that, you are a child of God. And mm-hmm. don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Mm-hmm. That's good. Love it. Love yeah. it. Um, I would also say don't lose hope. Mm-hmm. Don't lose hope. Because sometimes the experiences of the past dictate what we do in the future or something even in the in the present i know you've been through uh, you've walked this walk where you felt judged um <laughs> and and one of the things that i admire about you is that you didn't give up um uh, on church uh, you didn't give up on uh, you know i believe the church is the hope of the world right i believe it's up to us like i said on sunday we're plan a god doesn't have a plan b like it's up to us to to share the, the gospel with people and the message of redemption and so I'm glad that you stepped into this church and you were able to find, um, I don't know if redemption is the right word, but relationships where you found love and you found grace. And so um, I, I hope that speaks to somebody, um, you know, it, and we don't always get it right. You know, I want to say that, you know, um, we mess up a lot, but we do want to lead with grace. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, good. Any, any other comments on that? No, we'll move on. You can move on. You have something you want to say. Well, this topic is just such a, it's such a near topic to my heart. Um, just this whole idea of having been through the ringer, having been through, through it. And, and, and I've said this a million times, both publicly and privately. Like, I've been through the ringer not because of what other people did to me, but because of my own actions. Like, I'll take full responsibility for what I did, but that doesn't change the, the process that doesn't change the journey that doesn't t- change the road. Um, I mean, just even dove again, I'll, like I said, I'll talk on this for hours, but we've got other topics. <laughs> um, but to just re- just to follow on that, like there is hope, don't lose hope and you're not alone. Yes. Like the, uh, one of the things that I love about people when they're vulnerable and honest about where they are is that somebody is hearing them who is in that same spot. They're going, wait, you, I thought I was the only one. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. You may not. It may take you a minute to find somebody else who's in the exact same spot, but I promise you they're there. Um, and just be just finding the safe places to be vulnerable, to be real. You'll find them. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, That's man. Good. That's good. It takes a lot of courage to do that after you've been hurt one too many times. Uh, and uh, um, but yeah, hopefully that that's. That adds a little bit of value to to people. All right, um, this one I kind of got into uh, last Sunday. Um, what, uh, but I think it's I think it would be fascinating to hear your your take. Um, what should the church's role be in politics? So you guys want to talk politics? Get it, yes. Vivian. <laughs> uh, where to start? Because I mean we. You know, we have conversations about this. I have conversations about this often. This is something I have recently found myself to be fairly passionate about. Um, I used to be the person that said, oh, yeah, I just don't care about politics. I just don't want to get involved. Um, That changed. Um, (laughs) And I think that changed when I started developing my own convictions about Mm. it. I didn't, I just didn't get involved because I was like, oh, that's not my thing. But now I'm like, okay. Let's go. Like, let's let's talk about this. Um, so, okay, where to start with this? Um, I I assembled like I have I have notes. <laughs> well, um, if you see us looking at our phones, like I was looking at verses like, and other things too. Verses, like we're not, we're, like, we're engaged. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I I have I have notes. I approach this kind of like a research paper because I'm like this is this is I think this is an important topic. Um, because we live in a weird time where the, the world is shifting, where it's very, um, yeah, everything is readily available on social media, internet. We have access to information very quickly and people have very quick responses about everything and everyone feels like they need to have an opinion about every topic. Um, and then and opinion is judged, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, I have like some facts some statistics Go for it. that i want to i want to say and then we can we can maybe yeah. discuss it um so this is um research that was taken from um pew research so it's um nonpartisan. it's not you know they're not either way 
as far as politics go. Um, but so the first the the first statistic or fact is that the United States is the most Christian advanced democracy in the world. Um, even with declining rates of belief, um, like religious belief and declining rates of church attendance, a solid supermajority of 65% of Americans identify as Christians. So that's the first fact. Second, both major parties depend on their religious bases. So Democrats are dependent on their non-white religious base, um, which, side note, have been studied um, and shown to be some of the most devout church-going people in the United States. Um, and the Republican Party would practically be non-existent without its predominantly white evangelical base. Um, so that's the second fact. Third fact, it can be agreed that American politics are a, lands are a brutal landscape full of corruption, manipulation, toxicity, and hyper-partisanship. But if the previous points are true, then that should not be the case. It's good. If Jesus followers are the main voting base for both major parties, then why are we so divided, divided and divisive? <laughs> um, let's see. We're at a point where Republicans and Democrats view the opposing party. Um, uh, they're not just they're not just in opposition with the party, but also with the people in that party, and they view them with a very negative light. Um, <laughs> the study shows that each party describes the other party as closed-minded, dishonest, immoral, and unintelligent. Unintelligent. <laughs> Both parties think this, which means that believers are thinking this about other believers, and we're thinking about this. We're thinking about you know our fellow human beings in this way. Um, so I think that is a very interesting starting point to be like, okay, this is the, this is our political landscape at the moment. Um, and so when asked like, okay, what's the church's role in politics? Well, currently it doesn't seem like we're doing too hot. Hmm. Currently we're extremely divided and that is causing a very, very, I mean, Christians are not the only people in America, right? <laughs> 65%, that means that there's a whole other um, section of unbelievers, and yet, you know, I think it's caught, it, the church can cause a lot of division in, in our world, not just in our Christian world, but in the country as a whole. Um, so, those are, those are some, some, statistics some facts about where we're at um that's sad I, it is sad it is sad and it's like what do so we sad. what do we what do we do with that and um i don't know i personally something that's been really on my heart is looking at um the extreme nature of some of the louder christian voices in politics right now um, we have a lot of, um, not just politicians, but church leaders who are making really, really strong stances for, um, uh, for, I mean, at this point, they're the ones that I would be specifically wanting to draw attention to would be the more, there's some really strong conservative voices, um, that, are claiming God and saying that we need to take back our country as a Christian nation. And we get a lot of talk of Christian nationalism and dominionism, which dominionism is defined as, you know, uh, this belief system that Christians are called by God to take dominion over all aspects of society. So politics, education, um, entertainment, uh, the, you know, business world. I think there's like, like, I think there's a thing, it's like seven, seven mountains of dominion or so. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but 
I am of the belief that that is not biblical. The idea of um, Christians needing to come in and dominate every single portion of society. Um, I look at Jesus and I'm like, he didn't do that. Mm. He didn't come in and try to. They wanted to make him king. They, they wanted to exactly. They <laughs> wanted to make him king. They wanted him Should've, to become. It would have been so easy. They wanted him to become the, em- the the empire. Imagine if somebody existed today that had the power that Jesus had <laughs> to heal, you know, from a distance, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. it wouldn't be believed because somebody on social media would disprove it. <laughs> somebody would, right? <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. mean, you know, um, Shane, any thoughts? <laughs> so many. So many. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess. I guess my. First statement is just of those things and of the things that you are saying, like uh, that research is good. I'm just I'm listening to those th- facts for the first time, going, "Wow, that's that's uh, it's staggering." Um, I think I think my first thought even goes back to what you were discussing yesterday, <clears throat> which was or yesterday was on Sunday when you were talking about this, uh, which was. Our response needs to be to pray, um, which I think is foundational. Like, I need to be praying more. I need to be seeking God more. I need to be, even as they say there after Solomon built the temple, I mean, God says, if my people who are called will humble themselves and pray, I'll heal their land. I mean, that's that's got to be the foundation. But then I think the thing that is so interesting, and this is this has been... My process for a few weeks now, not just on politics, but in general, but if 65% of the American people are Christians, why is there so much disunity and division? And the the more that I think on that, uh, it goes back even to... uh, the Patriot days when we first took over America. And I mean, I remember in history class talking about propaganda and really and truly it's it's what it is. I mean, we have so much information that we have to choose what to believe. Um, And so you've got right wing, left wing, middle, moderate, uh, fill in the blank. I mean, there's so much information but it goes back to, as a Christian, what should be my foundation? Well, I should be praying, asking God to reveal what is right and what is wrong. Well, he's revealed that to us in his word. Um, where, where he doesn't necessarily say specifically answers to all things, but he does give us general rules to, 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 to approach them. But the thing that I go back to, and I made this comment with my small group a few weeks back, um, and, and basically it is that we live in a time where theology and biblical information is more at our disposal than any other time in history. Mm. But we also live in a time where we know so much less about what God has to say in his word. Mm. And so if we don't have the foundation of seeking God and the foundation of knowing who God is, then we hear information and I go, ooh, that sounds good. Like that fits with my with my already preconceived yeah. notions of the world. I yeah. like it. It's true. Uh, exactly. <laughs> if I don't have a foundational base to start with, then what I hear that sounds good is going to be the thing. And then, I mean, I'm I'm from Michigan, and I've been back and forth a bunch this year. the The culture in Texas looks very different than the culture in Michigan. Well, everybody around me in Texas is a specific way. So I need to be that way too. My neighbor is this way. I'm this way. We're all this way. And, and so then it's become a, it becomes a cultural, yeah. I'm this way because the people that I'm around are this way instead of having that foundation. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that the division that exists today, is it um, as uh, intense as um, the media makes it out to be? Or is it, a, is it less... Um, and it's just the media just kind of adding fuel to the fire. Can it be both? I'm just <laughs> I curious. Think, like, I, do, I do, people, do people really it's care? Relative, like, yeah. I know you said you care about this issue of yeah. politics, right? Yeah. And maybe it's coming from a perspective, like, like I care, but eh, not, not like enough to where it's like, like, I know 
people, and I won't say any names, but I know people that are very passionate about, you know, yeah. re Republicans or Democrats, okay? Yeah. But is this something that you think it's true of the country as a whole? Um, or is it is it something that maybe, um, you know, the news yeah. is portraying? I, I would say that, it, well, it depends on your specific area. I think there's probably some areas in the country that are more polarized than others. Um, I do think, so maybe it's not as big as what the media portrays it to be, but I also think that that is less important to focus on because if, if it is as big as the media is, is um, putting it out to be, then that is the perception. So what becomes, what is the perception becomes the reality in that like, point. I often, I, I watch the news, um, both conservative and liberal news, and I like to just, this is just my personal take, I like to watch a little bit of everything mm -hmm. um, intentionally. And, and the reason why I do that is because I feel like at least with the news, I always feel like if I go to one source, I know exactly what I'm gonna get. If I go to another source, I feel like I know what I'm going to say, and I'm hoping that it, the truth is somewhere in the middle, somewhere in, 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 in all of these sources. Um, but I've, I've often wondered, like, mm, are you, you know, you need drama to, to, to capture an audience. And so if there's no, if there's no tension, um, you know, like, that's not going to, you know, the viewership is going to go down. And so it's drama that grabs people's attention. And so I, I often wonder, you know, is this really as big of a deal as they're making it out to be? Or is it that an election is coming up and it's <laughs> beneficial for this, you know, mm -hmm. um, this group of people to go down this line? And so I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Shane, any thoughts on that? Nothing is ever done on accident. That's one of the things that I've learned over the years <clears throat> in leadership. So like even you talk about it's, it's, a, it's an election year. So you're going to see CNN do one thing, Fox News do another thing. And it's all about the fact that it's being driven by donors, everything else. Um, I will say there are some really great resources that kind of get you the grid where it's like far left, far right, mm -hmm. uh, opinion versus fact. There are some really great charts that kind of show some great news availability that are uh, that just depends on, one, what you want, but also if you want something that is more unbiased – factual there's some great resources out there side note whatever yeah um but uh like i said nothing is done unintentionally i mean you see it happen all the time in in, in washington dc which is all of a sudden all our attention goes to a hurricane while in congress they're making x y and z decision i mean nothing's unintentional mm -hmm. um but one of the things that i think is really important here i mean you've made the comment a couple times and Vivian said it as well. Vivian's very passionate about this subject of politics as a whole. When we start drilling down into specific elements, there are some elements that I'm very passionate about, and there are some elements that I'm like, uh, that doesn't really affect me that much. Um, and so is it as polarizing as the media makes it out to be? Uh, sometimes, some places, but it's relative to where the passions are. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's also relative to where how do we view each other, which a little bit goes back to that first question, mm -hmm. is how do we view one another? Do I, do I, if, if you hold X belief and I hold Y belief, do I think you are less of a person now because you hold that belief? Right. right. And once, once we make it about information and not about people, we're miss, we miss it all together when it comes to Christians because Christians should be all about the person and loving the person where they are. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Completely. You know what? Um, I, th I may have mentioned this in church a while back. Um, uh, there was a, I was watching this clip of this particular person who's in politics, and um, and I, I remember um, immediately making fun of the mistakes that they were making. In fact, I watched one last night on YouTube, and it just popped up and it was like one clip after the next of all the mistakes that they had made. Um, and didn't happen last night, but I remember uh, a few months ago, I, I remember saying, um, oh my goodness, how can this person be in such a position, you know? 
And immediately after I said that, and this is the reason why I preached on this last, uh, last Sunday, immediately I felt like God said, um, you know, your job is not to, to make fun of them, but to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And so along those lines, um, is there anything else that the church can do, and, you know, um, as it relates to this topic of politics, other than prayer, and I mentioned prayer, and I kind of that I focused, you know, that my main focus was mm-hmm. that on, on Sunday. But are there any other things that you think that is there ever a place to, where you can speak up? Is there ever a place where you can be strong? Is there ever a place where, uh, and how much? How much is too much? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, any thoughts on that? And what can we, as a church, what can we do in politics? Yeah. Um, and I'm going to follow that up with this. Um, I'm just curious. Um, what should a pastor's role be? Okay, so yeah. um, we'll 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 do those two. Yeah. Well, I have I have some verses about this, like that are the way it, I think it's it's not just like oh you know how we're supposed to be in politics, but how how are we as Christians supposed to operate throughout life? Because they are not two separate things. Mm. Um, there's a there's a there's a concept, and I've seen this um, I've seen this before in Christians where it's like well. We're supposed to do this. We're supposed to, you know, love people and be like Jesus as a Christian. But for my politics, I have a little bit of a different stance and, you know, it becomes a little bit of a divided thing. Um, They are not divided. The the way that we operate in politics needs to be how we're supposed to operate in life. And in my, in my estimation, in my opinion. And if you have to separate them, then there's probably a problem. There's probably a problem. There's probably something that you're trying to justify with your, um, with your political party, like I've found this in myself of like, okay, well, my political party tends to believe more like this. So I guess that's, it's like, no, I need to, I might vote a specific way, but I'm going to still hold the people that I vote for accountable to, you know, to the things that I think are, you know, right. And, um, so some verses, let's see, um, Let's see, 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verses t- verse 12 says, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Um, That's a good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's servants. Show proper respect to everyone Love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. Um, looking at Daniel in the Old Testament. As, Can I interrupt yes, you real go, quick? Go you mentioned that word honor. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I, I really, um, since I've come to LifePoint, um, something that's really deep with, with, with the culture that I want to build in this church, and it's that we're a generation of honor. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think you can honor a position... Uh, that somebody has, yes. and not necessarily agree with that person, not necessarily think that they're even the the best person for the job. Um, and um, could you read that one more time? Yes. Uh, um, let's see. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. And honor the emperor. You know, how do you honor somebody that you don't agree with? Mm-hmm on some of the decisions that they're making. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that there's a, like, we do we do need to hold our leaders accountable for things. Like, especially like in America, we've got the, you know, the privilege of being able to vote and yeah. have our voices heard in that, in that way. And so I think we need to hold people accountable. So if they're doing things that are immoral or against the laws of the land, then they need to be held accountable for those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but... That also, so, but the honoring that I think that that honors the the seat of of power, and then we can honor people as okay. It's like I may not agree with you, but you are made in the well, image the of first, God. That was the first two words. Yes, it says respect others. That's it. Yes, respect Boom. and honor go hand in hand. That's it. Yes, we yeah. have we have to respect and honor those in office, and we have to respect and honor. Those that we don't agree with. Yeah, and I think our words, mm-hmm. our attitude, words or attitude, you know, are, are vital because, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, even if you have the right words, you can still, your attitude shows that, man, you know, 
just sort of a jerk personality um, attitude, Sorry. you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that even as we talk amongst Christians, you know, even even if the people that you're having a conversation with agree with your political stance, I think we should be careful that we don't just, um, you know, belittle, mm-hmm. you know, people that are maybe disagree with mm-hmm. us and yeah. our impositions of, of authority. Yeah. So I think that that just speaks to the heart. You know, Um, and, you know, something you said last podcast is like, hey, if you don't know what to do, just look to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we we never see him, you know, talking trash about anybody, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even to even at the moment when he was being crucified, could have said so many things about Pilate, how he didn't have a spine. He was like, you know, he had no (laughs) no courage. um, But in that moment, I mean, what? Like the thing, the words that he spoke. Um, in fact, actually, for the most time, the majority of the time, he was silent. Yeah. Um, but the the few words that he did say um, were not against his character. You yeah. know, um, they were factual. And so, yeah. sorry to interrupt no, you. No, Silence can never be miscommunicated. Yeah. So even in those moments when we're heated and we disagree, silence can never be taken to where. I wanted to rip you all, all down, but instead being quiet. I mean, that's yeah. one of the things Jesus was so, so good at. Yeah. It's just... Uh, just being silent. Just being silent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking that's a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, an example of someone in the Bible rising in political power would be somebody like Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you look at Daniel. You, you preached a message on, on Daniel um, a while back. And you look at his life. He rose to power. Not by lying or right. cheating the system, mm-hmm. um, not by using and abusing others, yeah, or pull, pulling people pull, down, pulling people you know, down as you're going climbing up the mm-hmm. the what, ladder. What he did, he saw a need, and he filled that need through the gifts that God gave him. Yeah, and that's it. That's good. Mm-hmm. And, and Say so that again, and the last part. No, he saw a need, and mm-hmm. he saw a need. He filled that need using the gifts that God gave mm-hmm. him. That's so, really good. That's good. That. It's like okay. I mean, if people, if if um, if we, I was going to say politicians, but I'm going to include myself in this <laughs> yeah, equation yeah. because I think it's a it's a humanity mm-hmm. equation here. If we could do that, mm-hmm. rather than name calling and mm-hmm. you know pick, you know picking nicknames and shaming people, mm-hmm. um, I think we've gotten to a, such a place in our in politics that it's if you're not coming up with a nickname, if you're not coming up with a, a way to, to shame the, the other person, um, then you, you're missing out, you know? And I, I wish and I pray that, that we would um, have a leader that would rise to the occasion and, mm-hmm. uh, and really lead with integrity and, yeah. and by example. And I yeah. think it would, it would probably be the biggest uh, testament to, 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 to Christianity. It would be the biggest... Thing, you know, if you can find a leader who's a hard worker, who has integrity, mm-hmm. you know, we, we're never going to agree 100% with anybody. Right. But um, that's what I would look for. Yeah, um, absolutely. So. I completely agree. And I think um, as Christians, if we're looking for self-advancement, the advancement of um, our own uh, status, that's a huge mm. red flag. Mm. A huge red flag. Like if we are striving to be in control so that people can't control us, that is a huge danger. I I heard um, there was a there was an interview um, that was done by um, the I think it was a Politico magazine. I think is what it's called. Um, But the head of um, he was affiliated with Focus on the Family. So that's a Christian organization started by James Dobson, you know, all that. Um, He said, um, this was surrounding the election of Trump. And he said, Christians are tired of being kicked around by the left. And so he said, I think we're glad that somebody on the playground is willing to punch the bully. The interviewer said, what happened to turning the other cheek? Mm. He says, you know, you only have two cheeks. And then he says, Christianity is not all about being wel- a welcome mat that people can stomp their feet on. So I heard that quote, 
And then someone, I heard another quote in response to that, someone saying, facetiously saying, we shouldn't always have to be the one on the cross. When do we get to crucify someone? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I think, uh, and this, I, that particular quote was obviously talking about, was talking about Trump, but I think this is applicable across the board. If we at any point are like, I'm tired of, of people, you know, walking all over me. I'm tired. You know, I want to be on the offense. Yeah. I think you can be, I mean, people <laughs> want you to be on the offense, but not, not tearing down character. But not tearing people, down people's, people's character. You know, and, and for me, the offense is show me your plan, how you're going to uh, make our country better. You know, mm-hmm. what, like intellectually, show me what, what are, because I think voting has become, a, 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 or maybe it's always been like this, I don't know, but um, a, a matter of personalities. If you're mm-hmm. a charismatic individual, um, then, then, People just seem to, you know, it's like a popularity contest, mm-hmm. and um, and it we've gotten away from what it should be, which is some of the the needs of the of the country and the, mm-hmm. the, the people, and um, and so all right. So but the problem is okay. The problem is is yes, we got personality, and then you have what I would call one issue voters. There's one issue and only one issue that matters to me. Neither I'm voting for you because you're with me, or I'm voting against you because you're against me. And mm. the, pro- the problem with that becomes is there is a whole spectrum that we are dealing with. Right. Everything from economy to global affairs to border to social programs and entitlements and things of that nature where it's like, I, I can't just vote on one thing. I and to, to I've stayed quiet for a minute, but to go back to an initial question, like I think it is so important as believers to know what we believe politically. And it goes back to what you said, and our political belief system has to be tied to our moral belief system. What does the right. Bible say? Mm-hmm. They should be intertwined. And those intertwinings do not just talk of one issue. It's knowing mm-hmm. the full spectrum of the issues. And a lot of times we get that guy who's one issue, but he's with me and everybody gets behind him because he's on that one issue and he has absolutely no clue about anything else that's going on in the world yeah. um, or in our area. Yeah. I like what you said. No. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. d- do a little bit of research mm-hmm. find yeah. out a little bit more than oh, the yeah. one issue. And that um, doesn't mean that we're all going to come to the same conclusions right. either. Because as we said earlier, we have like, okay, this is something I'm really mm-hmm. passionate about, but there are other people who are not. And that's okay. That doesn't make me worse or better than them. This is just something I'm passionate about. And I think that that is applicable in politics. There are things politically that are, that are influential to me. And I'm, you know, I'm very passionate about that. So I'm going to fight for those things. Just because someone else isn't passionate about that specific thing, it's good. There's diversity in what people are passionate about. It's like, you know, Daniel, he rose to power and it filled a need with the gifts that God gave him. So it's like, I have a specific perspective on some things that, that I'm passionate about and you have things that you're passionate about. And so theoretically as a functioning body, the body of Christ, right? We have different purposes and hopefully we can work together. Even if that means that we fall on different sides of the political aisle that doesn't necessarily have to matter when we're working towards a common goal of loving each other and taking care of each other. And maybe our ways of doing it is different, but that's okay because it means that more will be covered rather than focusing on one specific way to do it. Are there specific political ideas that as believers we should be unified on? Ask the question again. Are there is are there? So we've 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 asked the question though. Should Christians stand be loud when it comes to political issues? We've also made the statement that it's you can be a Christian and hold different views, and that's okay, and we should love one another. But are there issues, political issues, political ideas that we should be unified as believers? I think uh, I'm sure there are. Uh, yeah. You know. But but then they they can be subjective too, mm-hmm. right? So I'm gonna I'll give you my opinion. <laughs> it's but, a hard question. Would you? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a phenomenal question. But but what I have to understand is that these are mine and yeah. they may not be yours. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I mean, 
you know, you talk, you're going to talk about marriage, you know, what the definition of marriage. Uh, you can talk about the, you know, the whole idea with abortion. I think that's pretty hot right now. Um, I mean, you, you can talk about the role of, of government, how much, um, how much power should they have. And so I think what the challenge is where the communications break down and we begin to yell at each other and we mm-hmm. begin to attack each other. I think that's where we lose um, we we all lose. Nobody wins. Mm-hmm. So um, I I have I have a thought about that. So the a verse that comes to mind, and I completely agree with you. It's very subjective as to like, yeah, I do think that there's some things that Christians need to be unified on. But I don't know if other people agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we need to be unified, but we're but, but we're I don't know about what. The... Um, so in James two. Uh, verse 15 and 16 it says suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food if one of you says to them go in peace keep warm and well fed but does nothing about their physical needs what good is it right so that's that's a whole chapter that talks about pure and undefiled religion and yes. what is religion in god's eyes and how we're supposed to treat people and it's like what good is it if we see people in need and we're like oh i don't want you to be in need anymore thoughts and prayers yeah peace out yeah. and then it's like well, yeah what, and what is up with that and are we gonna stand and this is okay this is me getting passionate and this is my personal belief system it's like <laughs> are we gonna stand in the way of policies and and legislation that would help the poor and the needy and the the widow and the orphan just because it doesn't quite line up with our political affiliation right like that's that's what ended up getting me very passionate about politics in the first place it's like oh yeah i want people to be taken care of but if i'm if i you know i have to vote this way because if i don't vote if i if i vote a different way then that's you know so i don't know (laughs) so a challenging a challenging question would be um is that the role of the government right because i feel like that's 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 where my brain was going that's that's the next question where i where i would come in and say if the church was doing what but it should be doing. doing it. 65% of Americans right. are Christians. Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Right, right. And so... We have, the, um, we have like the most intense poverty level in, in a developed country right. in the world. Like the, the amount, the percentage of children in our country that go hungry every single day is astronomically higher than it should be for a country of our developed status. Um, and so it's like, okay... The church, yeah, in an ideal world, 100%, the church should be doing this. But the church is not doing this. Right. The church is answering the questions that nobody is asking. There you go. That's it. Boom. Um, and so then what do we do as individuals? I'm not a pastor. I mean, I'm, I work at a church. But what do I do as an individual? I can't reach everybody in my community. I can't feed every person or take care of everyone. But I can... I can check a, a, you know, a box on a ballot to potentially put leaders in charge that that could help with that. So I mean, I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer. I would love it if the church would step up and do more. I think it's a matter of heart. Um, and again, we can. I'm trying to wrap it up, but um, <laughs> we can go. Good we can luck. go another hour. We can go another hour on this one. But I think it's a matter of heart. Um, you know, I think we can talk about is this the government's role or not, and then we can also talk about you know, is you know, so when you when you somebody's in need, what is the proper way to love them and to help them? Mm-hmm. You know, and and you read that verse in James, right? Yes. Um, and then, but you can go to Acts where Peter walks up to the temple and there's a beggar, and and Peter says, "I don't have any money for you, but what I do have, I give you," and he prays for him. Yeah. Um, and so. Lots of good questions, lots lots of challenging ways mm-hmm. to address the issue. I think the core of it is when our heart mm-hmm. is about us and how I can get gain more political influence and how I can get ahead rather than the heart of the people. Yeah. And so I think those are... Um, there's there's so many different ways to achieve the same thing. Mm-hmm. And yet if we lose heart, yes. you know... For the people, I think that um, that's when we, we get in mm-hmm. trouble. Last question. 
um, which I asked earlier, um, what should what role should I play as a pastor? So how much is you're going to tell much? me how to vote, right? Right <laughs> yeah. from the stage, tell I me can. how to vote. <laughs> you want me to? Um, you know, I don't I don't recommend that. So I, I don't. I'm, I'm more than glad to do that. You know, I've told you more than more than just voting. <laughs> Alex is not afraid to tell me anything, but that's in private. <laughs> yeah. Um, how much I, is the, too much the, for a pastor? Shortly after I moved to Texas, 2007, going to 2008, I think it was the. McCain and Obama election, the first time Obama won. Um, the very first Sunday I went to church, I was told who to vote for from the stage. Mm-hmm. There were a group of 12 of us that were working. So this stage. is a real thing. You brought this up recently. Yeah. I think, was it the last podcast or was that somewhere else? Uh, I, you I you mentioned it to me. I'm like, what? I'm so, oh, like, yeah. the, it was like a, it was churches. A, it was a private conversation we had a couple months ago. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. just blown away that you're telling the same story. Of, just of told the me. 12 people who worked for a Christian organization from all over the, the world that visited that church that Sunday, I think two ever went back ever again. Mm-hmm. You Say that again? Of the 12 people who visited that church, we were in a group. There were 12, oh, okay, there okay, were, okay, I got it. There you. were 12 of us. We all worked for the same organization. We had all just moved to East Texas. I think maybe two of us were familiar with the area. The rest of us were from all over the country. Two of them went back. Of the 12 of us, 10 of us said, no, no, this is not where I want to be. I think two, like, I've never visited the church again. Yeah. Now, granted, I know people who go there. I know people who are on staff there. I yeah. know their hearts. And I'm like, man, I know their hearts. But mm-hmm. to me... So what you're saying is I shouldn't mention names. I, I shouldn't tell you who to vote for. I do not I do not believe it is my pastor's responsibility to tell me who to vote for. I think it's my pastor's responsibility to tell me, to teach me who God is. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the thoughts of who God is going to the love conversation of how are we loving the, the poor, the orphan, the widow. Right. Um, um, if, if I am being taught at church by my church leaders what the Bible says, mm-hmm. then, then two things are happening. One, the church is doing what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so maybe that question of is it the government's responsibility might go away. Uh, that's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the other thing is, is that as individuals, we know. We have information. Mm-hmm. I can then go to the voting booth knowing this is the truth of what God has to say, whether it be the places that are gray or the places that are black and white, whether it be the places that even in the Bible we can disagree on topics or the places where, you know, God's very clear, do not commit murder. Yeah. Um, I can go to the voting box with this foundation and say, okay, because of this foundation, this, this is who I want to get behind to see our country move forward. Yeah. it's good. Yeah, I would say a pastor's job is not to tell people how they're supposed to think. It's to mm, equip good. people. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's to equip people to think. Yeah. And to process and to look at things mm. cr- uh, critically and to understand God's heart. Yes. And so, like. Um, That's really good, uh, Vivian. Some of the, the best seminary teachers that I had mm-hmm. would give us, um, you know, three, four, five different views on a particular theology or in doctrine. Mm-hmm. And they would say, okay, these group of people, here's what they believe. This group of people, here's what, they, you know, throughout history, this is what people have believed. Yes. In this culture, this is what, and, and then at the end, he would, he would basically say, hey, my, my lean is towards this. But at the end of the day, he always left it up to us. And yes. I, I really enjoy those teachers because there was, um, there was freedom, yes. you know. And, and yes. so I, I love that you, mm-hmm. you mentioned that. That's good. Yeah. All right, last, last word. Any last words? I think I the verse um, First Corinthians thirteen um, verse. Did you read my notes? I, oh, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to jump. I didn't mean to jump in there. But uh, so eight. I think it's verses eight through thirteen, approximately. It's like um, where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And now these three remain: faith hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So when talking about government or anything in life, what is the law of God's kingdom? Love. That's it. Mm. Everything else will pass away. Mm-hmm. Love will not. Remain. Yes. This is one of the things that I've been learning going hand in hand with that knowing God and all of those things over the last few months has been uh, one of the most eye-opening things to me. I don't know why. I, I, 
maybe everybody listening goes, yeah, of course, Shane. But First Corinthians thirteen, where do you hear it? Weddings. Weddings. So, so First love Corinthians thirteen is talking about love between a husband and a wife and a marriage and all these things. And and there is a lot of validity to that because the definition of love that comes in First Corinthians thirteen, most patient and kind, doesn't boast of envy, all those things, are things that should be in a marriage relationship. But in the context of First Corinthians, uh, Paul is writing to the church. Mm-hmm. Um, First Corinthians eleven, excuse me. First Corinthians ten talks about how whatever we're doing, mm-hmm. it should be to God's glory. Yes, that's where that's where it starts, right? Um, and then it continues on, and there's a whole bunch in there that I won't get into, but it continues on to then thirteen, where it talks about how we ought to love each other. So God calls us to do two things: love God, love people. Mm-hmm. So so if we have this foundation of love, love will always be there. Who are we loving? I think it's our primary responsibility to love God and know God and have an understanding of who he is so that we can love people. Mm-hmm. And that the way that we love people is the way that he loved us. And greater love has no one than this. And he laid out his life for his friends. I mean, when it comes to this whole idea of politics, how many people are laying down their life for the friends that are around them? Like, let's love one another with that sacrificial love, even as we, as we know more about mm-hmm who God is and what he's called us to. Yeah, and the, mis- the, the mission is the same. We talk, we've talked about this. The mission does not change. The method might change. That's right. But that's the good. mission is the same. That's it. So that's I it. think that's, that's solid. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Great job. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. More than that, we hope you feel encouraged to have conversations with people in your life about potentially difficult topics. Also, it's never too late to send in a question. Text us your questions to 903-592-8357. Thanks for listening.